This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 178, POK Tournament Signups and Structure 2021. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. mouthful these tournaments are harder and harder to uh label <laughs> oh yeah the, the m- there's more specific nomenclature yeah. now that we know that we're going to be doing these for the rest of our lives <laughs> right. that we found our true calling and all it is apparently is to provide a tournament space for other in the, in the digital realm right yeah. yeah well what i'm i was about to say what i'm learning about the root tournament is like we called it the root patreon tournament i'm like you know i could see us doing more than one of these a year so so what now do i have to have a a january root and then like a and then like an august root tournament i don't even know what we're gonna call these things. don't tease them i don't want to do it more than once a year <laughs> don't even do that don't, I, th- you're gonna I'm get people fun. excited and yeah. i don't want it yeah <laughs> Well, today Ugh. is one of those episodes uh, that was kind of just we we needed to do this. We gotta we've been getting plenty of questions, and we just need to like let's get ready for the Twilight Imperium tournament, and let's tell you how everything is about to go down here and all in one episode. Some of the stuff we're gonna talk about has been covered in previous episodes, uh, but we'll go over it lightly and lo- a little bit less in depth this time. But we just want to like have this episode as a guide to how this year's tournament is going to go. Right. And you might be thinking, well, that's only for like a small portion of the listeners, the, the ones that are going to be in the tournament. Well, I have news for you. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, that's a lot of people yeah. this year, actually. <laughs> uh, it's looking like it's going to be a crazy amount of people. Yeah. And we we have had been having a slow panic attack, I would call it, yeah. building since December. Right. Which is that we we laid out a new uh, new structure. You know, we 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 were afraid it was gonna get a lot of um, flack, but we were basically like, a um, the tournament is a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of work. Um, so we changed our Patreon structure, and we're like, okay, so it it's kind of a five dollar yep. minimum charge in it, order to that get didn't stop on- anyone that held no, no one back. In, in- no, and in fact, it seems like maybe uh, a stronger deterrent of being more money even would have maybe been smarter as far as the amount of uh, potential signups that we have going into this tournament is insane. Yeah. Um, so that had made a, made us be like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's go over what the plan is for how this is going to go, because I think up to this point, we just assumed this was going to be another 216-person tournament. The history yes. goes, first year, we were like, we're just going to hold a tournament. And we're doing it through our Patreon, uh, kind of for multiple reasons. The the biggest just being like, we want it to feel like it's a reward for our patrons, not like just a tournament you sign up for. Even though I, right. I totally recognize that's fully some people only sign up for the Patreon to then get into the tournament and that's it. But whatever, it's supposed to be like a clubhouse tournament. Um, and the first year, it was just like, we get however many we get. And we ended up getting up to, we, we were able to get 108 people, which made for a weird structure, but it was a doable tournament. 
Yeah. And then last year we went, okay, well, we're pretty sure we can do 216, which gives us like a, a perfect three round tournament. Uh, 36 games feeding into six games, feeding into one game. And yeah. we just barely went over that mark, honestly. Last year, it felt like we went, it was like, oh my gosh, we got too many people and we had this big wait list. But then by the end of the tournament, we ended up using the entire wait list. The wait list was like somewhere between 30 and 50 people or something like that. Right. We um, had a lot of people, ba- That that's also another reason that we were like, oh, we need to maybe consider charging more money because we had a lot of people that, you know, spent a dollar on this and then really didn't care about showing up. Obviously, there were a lot of people that really, that care about it a lot and love it uh, and showed up and were just like ready to to do it. But there were a lot of people that were like, you know, I only invested a dollar on this. Uh, It's not, it's, maybe it's a little too complicated. I don't feel like showing up for my thing. And then they kind of bailed, which was great for the wait listers. And it was great having that feeling of like, you know, I feel like everyone that, um, that paid into the Patreon and signed up got a a chance at uh participating in the tournament right that feels good yeah and and the the other side of that too is i totally recognize the issue with our tournament is because it's twilight imperium and because it's especially this year we're trying to stream every game but even last year we weren't doing all the prelims but it takes months to do the prelims so i totally get it if you sign up for a tournament in december and then your game yes. doesn't come up until march and you're like well sorry my whole life is i had you know something changed and i i have to bail right so i'm a different person <laughs> yeah we have to now. accept that about our tournament right we have to accept that there's this long pathway of getting through the prelims and that we kind of have to build a buffer zone around it <laughs> because yes players are it's gonna that's why if anything that, so like this year i was starting to think maybe we should just make it a you sign up for the tournament and that is it. But I'm realizing our structure works actually better <laughs> this way to have this open format. Like if you're in the Patreon, you'll like you will get access to that tournament. And as as the months go by that we're running through the tournament, you get pulled into it and all of that. Like we need that flexibility to accomplish it. Otherwise, if it's just raw signups, we would have to do new waves of signups like every <laughs> month, basically, yeah. to try to get new players. Yeah. And it just would never work. So so yeah. the the method was reinforced in my mind of like, well, let's do it for the patrons. But what that turned into this year is, well, how do we do a larger than 216 person tournament? We kind of can't. So we were going to still hard lock it at 216. But that is uh, basically no longer the case this year. Um, yeah. To- but, well, but before you unveil this, I just want to I'm, I'm thinking about people that might just be coming in cold and yeah. maybe not quite even understand exactly what we're talking about so every year um for and and starting this year with root uh we have been doing a tts based international tournament uh that i believe is the largest uh it's been the largest twilight imperium tournament every year that's that's ever happened as far as i know right um and what matt is about to reveal (laughs) is that we're gonna smash our own record yet again and we'll die in the process i hope you're happy because we will die (laughs) for what we are about to tell you you so jerk (laughs) we we want everyone that signs up to get into the tournament we want that um it just only seems fair and so we're going to do that but it requires us to change uh the sort of round structure of the tournament and the other big question mark is we don't know how many of you are going to sign up for the tournament we know how many patrons we currently have i know how many people i made a list today i know i'm sending out over 400 emails to people uh, that were right. patrons in December and January. So I know that there's a maximum number, but I don't know where it hits 
within there, but I know it's going to be more than 216. So the way we've decided to accommodate that in a way that Hunter and I can actually manage is we are going to add sort of a half round. What we're really going to do is there will be, based on the total number of entrants, there will be a which number... We, which we do have a ceiling for. We, we should do. we should, we yeah. should reveal that. So, so the ceiling for... Um, and you're welcome, is 396. Yeah. We're building a structure that can accommodate 396 people in one uh, Twilight Imperium tournament. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're welcome, dude. Uh, and it can do less than that, but like we've decided to go beyond 396 makes things even more complicated on our end. And and we don't think we will blow past 396. If we even hit I think 396... 396 with a wait list, uh, I, I, the desire is that, you know, we, we may, maybe we'll get excess of 396 uh, signups. Obviously, we told you we have like 400 people on a list, so we could easily go past 396. But the idea is that if last year we went past 216 by about 30 people, yep. and with that deep of a wait list, we're able to accommodate everybody the likelihood that we would still be able to accommodate everybody with a waitlist this year, uh, yeah, I think it is pretty high. It yeah. seems like the math would would work out for that. Yeah. So the idea is, and th this is the part that I think Hunter and I are nervous about. But if you've watched any or taken part in any other sort of tournament structure for different sports and things, I know that this is like a normal thing. It's just not a thing we've ever done. But what it's going to be is basically a first come, first serve buy round. Um, so you like everyone going into this was planning to be on the jump of signing up for the tournament because if you didn't hit the first 216 people, you weren't even getting into the tournament, period. So what we right. have as an alternative to that is the first set number of people, which I based on the total number of people that sign up is that number will have to change <laughs> as we go, basically. Right. But there is a set number that we can go, OK, you all are in the prelims. You've made it to the prelims. Right. Everyone past that point has to play in the qualifying round. And the qualifying round will not be streamed. Is is Hunter and I are putting minimal work into. It will be a thing where we will help you find the players that are qualifiers with you. And we will try to help mm -hmm. you schedule your games. But it's kind of up to the six of you to get your game played and tell us the results. Because the reason 396 is the magic number is 396 literally doubles the amount of games that we have to do right it, it right. what it turns into 396 gives us 36 qualifying games that feeds into 36 prelim games so hunter and i are still streaming 36 prelim games but there are in the background all of these extra qualifying games kind of happening to fill the ground underneath our feet as we take steps forward and finish already set prelims games so i know this is kind of a weird structure but the the general idea is a set number of people will will get in the prelims right away, and we will start those prelim games right away. Um, it's just after that uh, that is is people going in the qualifying round, and the qualifying round games will start right away uh, as well. Um, the the qualifying round. Well, um, and and what we mean by right away is in in March, in whenever March. whenever the tournament starts. So let's talk dates then instead, because now it's important whether or not you sign up early, because you get the buy round if you sign up early. Um, and right. I, I want to reiterate that if you are annoyed that some people who sign up first get a buy round, just remember 
the people who signed up first originally were going to be the only ones who get in the tournament. So exactly now you're in no matter what if you sign up. Right. <laughs> you you are getting an SCPT tournament game and an opportunity to advance all the way to the finals. Um, this is just the only way we could realistically accommodate uh, this many people. Yep. And and like we said, we are gonna with the qualifiers. We're we're gonna ha- we're gonna help with scheduling. We're actually gonna. I mean, it's it's probably gonna require us to be to actually kind of be on the yeah. qualifiers uh, as far as like making sure that they're happening. Because obviously, we will run out of gas right. for the prelims if we run out of qualifying games. So those qualifying games will be happening. They'll still you know they'll still be under all of the tournament rules that we're actually gonna reiterate here later in the episode. Um, so there's there's no there's no change as far as your experience if you end up with the qualifying rounds. It's just obviously you are going to have to play an extra game yeah. compared to people that that get through right. uh, the buy round. I will say this: as far as tournament storylines, as far as far as my ability <laughs> to commentate it, though, if you win a qualifier, I'm going to be pretty excited about you even in the prelims because the idea of someone coming up through the qualifiers and winning the finals is the coolest yeah. like storyline thing that could happen with our uh, TI tournament For in sure. my opinion. Yeah. yeah. So so let's let's talk dates then. Uh so the official sign up which the way it goes out because of how like Patreon is structured and you know I am reaching out to patrons who were active in December and January means I have to just send an email to those people. So the email, the official sign up email will go out Saturday, February 13th at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's 2200 UTC. That is the best time we have found where it's afternoon for USA, it's late night, but not ridiculously late night for most of Europe, and it's early morning, but not ridiculously early for Oceania, kind of the Eastern Hemisphere people where Mm -hmm. we have an audience. Now, this does leave out some, like, if you're in, like, India, you're going to, if you really want to get in on this, you're going to have to wake up at a really terrible time. But that is a, an yeah. incredibly small percentage of our listeners. So I'm, I apologize right. to everyone who is in a time zone that this email is going to go out to you in a really terrible time. But that's also why we've tried to accommodate a way for you to still get in the tournament, even if you can't get in on the first, you know, legitimately, the the prelim buy round people might go out within the first 30 minutes that that last year we saw it hit very, very fast um, to our 216. Mm-hmm. So I, I expect to see these go really, really fast. But that doesn't matter. You're still in the tournament. So the the cutoff period for signups will be one week later, Saturday, February 20th at 4 p.m. CST 2200 UTC. Or if we hit that 396 point before then. So if we hit 396 in three days, that's it. We're cutting it off. Anybody else past that point is automatically added onto the wait list. So we will work with whatever number we get on Saturday, February 20th, 4 p.m. Or if we hit 396, we work with 396. And everyone in excess of that becomes a wait list player. And you are called upon as needed when players drop or are no shows or whatever. Um, and we're, we're going to talk more later about kind of how the discord is going to get structured to uh, help with that. So for anybody who ends up getting signed up for the tournament, you are definitely going to want to become a part of our discord because it's going to help you smooth out this whole process. 
Yeah, especially if you're um we never said this before, but if you're if you're a waitlister, you end up on the waitlist. Um, which honestly with 396 is the cap. I hope that's not too many people. Mm-hmm. Although even if it's a lot of people, I think the chance that among 396 we will have uh, you know, the percentage of drops, that's a lot of people that might drop right. from this tournament. Right. Um, if it's gonna be anything like uh years prior. Right. Um, so being a waitlister. If you're on the Discord, uh, and and the more you pay attention to the Discord, the the likelier that that your waitlist spot is actually going to get called on. But I guess before we get to um, stuff like that, uh, Matt, do you want to tell us a little bit about this uh, registration yeah. form that you will be emailing yes. everyone so that everyone can prepare? Yeah. So last year I made you a promise. I said last year, last week I, I made you a promise of I know people are going to want to be hot on the trigger on signing up for this thing. So I wanted to let you know all of the information you need to have on hand so that you're not blindsided by anything. Now, I've I have with each registration form, I have scaled back the amount of information I ask for, and I've I've figured out what I truly need and what I can ask later once I have you signed up or whatever. So this is a much quicker form than you've maybe seen in the past or whatever, but here's all the information you'll want to have ready to type into this Google form. It's just a basic Google form, uh, but this is everything that you're going to need if you want to be able to sign up like in 30 seconds or whatever so that you get your name right there at the top of the line. And you will need your email address, and that email address will need to be specifically the email address that is tied to your Patreon account. If it is not, you're going to need to make it really explicit to me outside of the sign-up form. You're gonna have, I, we're sending out an email before this episode even comes out to everyone whose email I have on file. So if you didn't get that email and you thought your email was signed up for the Patreon, you should check your settings or whatever. But that email is very, very important and is the only way I can cross-check if you are a valid patron once you sign up for the form. So I need that email. I need your name. I need your Patreon username because not everybody uses their real name for their Patreon username and not everyone's Patreon username matches their Discord username. So I also need your Discord username and that Discord <laughs> username includes the user number, which if you look at like your own settings, you see your name and then the hashtag sign, the num- you know, the pound sign, uh, and then you see four numbers. I need that whole string uh, for your Discord so that I can easily message you on Discord or whatever or find you. So those are the four names that I need to identify you. Uh, and then I also ask for your country and your time zone. This just helps make more sense of how the schedule needs to fit together. And I see if I see I have 65 people in UTC plus 11, then I know I need to like really accommodate some Australian time zone stuff or New Zealand time zone stuff or whatever. Um, so I need your country and I need your time zone. Make sure you know it as a UTC conversion, not just the abbreviation. Like we say CST on this show all the time. And that's, that's bad. We're doing a bad thing. When we say that you need to know that we are in UTC minus six. So you need to know your own UTC, uh, conversion. Then, uh, you will just have to ask, or you have to answer some codes of conduct questions. We're going to make sure that you're not a, uh, a mean, nasty person that's going to ruin our streaming experience. <laughs> or and- if you are a mean, nasty person, you have to agree to hide that part of yourself for the <laughs> duration of the tournament. You will have to repress that, my, my buddy. So that's it. That's all the info that you need for this first signup form. After that signup form and we confirm all of our entrants, then we will send out scheduling stuff to the confirmed people in the tournament, right? I'm, I'm trying to save myself uh, the number of people that just get emails that don't want them or whatever. So once you are signed up, then shortly after that, uh, I mean, obviously after the 396 or the February 20th threshold is met, then we'll start sending out scheduling forms to get you signed up for games. The way signing up is uh, for games this year, it's going to be a little bit different because in the past, 
to be frank, I've been way too nice, <laughs> which is that I've asked everyone what their availability is, and let me see where I can squeezel you in. Let's just check on everything. Yeah, is, it, is that going to be okay? Is this going to work? Should we scale it back one hour? I wanted to do that. It was fine. But last year proved that it was way, I, I broke myself uh, trying to make that work. So this year, the sign-up form, or the, the yeah, the, the scheduling form that comes out to you will be like, here's the games, find a slot. And if you can't find a slot, we will find, you know, we will determine all the people that can't find slots and we will rework those games. But I'm not going to check yeah. on everyone's stuff to set up my initial schedule. We'll worry about the stragglers when we have them. Right. Um, yeah, uh, you should remember that the when you're thinking about the 396 number is that I actually saw uh, on the tournament chat on our discord, people were talking about like, oh, man, there's a lot of patrons like, how are they going to fix this? And I forget who it was I think it was Duke Lucum posted like, well, there's no way they'll go beyond 216. Like he was just <laughs> like, and, 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 and I, I don't like when I read that I was like, that is a. That is a fair assumption. Duke Lukem <laughs> is being very kind to us and being like, well, they're, they are reasonable people uh -huh. and they can't kill themselves with this. And then we're looking at it being like, do we want to die this year? Right. I think, I, I think 396 is, that's going to be on my tombstone. Yeah. It's going to be here lies Hunter Donaldson, 396 players are bust. And I'll I guess it was bust. I'll say, <laughs> I guess it was bust. I'll say this. What I think this year will prove to me is that my new goal and it may be less years down the road than I think, but I want to hit that 1,296 player tournament. I hate Which you. is the perfect. I hate you. Now, also, with, <laughs> saying that is also the idea that I, in no way would I stream or barely even take part in that first round of that tournament. That would be a community endeavor that we managed to get everyone signed up for. And then we have a legion of of volunteers and, and moderators. Maybe not even volunteers by that point. Maybe paid employees. I have no idea. Maybe it's 15 <laughs> years down the road. But right. 1,200. What was the number? 1,296. 1,296 players makes a four round. You have... 216 preliminary games Kill and then me. you have 36 uh quarterfinals and then you have six semifinals and then you have a finals that's that's the dream right is it a dream or is it a waking nightmare i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay that's th so that's the info that you need to know like this week People that are listening to this in like June of 2022 are like boy this episode was a waste of my time but Right, sorry. This is a podcast yeah. and we exist in the moment, babe. This is right. this is art. Yeah, this this is this episode will be old by next week. So you need to listen <laughs> to this right now. Otherwise you can ignore. It. I mean there they we'll still do errata. So there's there's sure. something in it for you. But yeah, sorry. This this is more like we've been getting so many people coming in being like, When is the tournament sign up? When is the tournament sign up? That we thought like maybe, you know, the best way for us to reach everybody is the old school uh, just like let's pop into your podcast feed yep. with an episode labeled tournament signups and structure. Yeah. <laughs> Am here you go. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Right. Uh, get ready because it. <laughs> it's gonna be it's it's yeah y'all are gonna y'all are gonna ruin us yeah. um, this year. Um, we should mention that this year one thing that we're gonna do that we probably should have done every year, but it only occurred to us uh, just the other day. Um, <laughs> whenever. Whenever you get signed up for the tournament, uh, you are going to we're we are kind of insisting a little bit this time around that if you aren't uh, somebody that interacts with us on uh, Discord, that is totally 
chill like not not a biggie however with 396 people in a tournament we do want to prioritize the easiest way for us to communicate so if you are in the tournament this year you're going to get a and what it means i'm realizing that somebody i think it's gonna be me is gonna have to go through every single person that signs up for the tournament and give them a discord role so that we can ping specifically you and those discord roles of course will be prelims players that will be people that made it through the buy round or people that won their qualifying matches yep. and then a qualify uh qualifying player and then a waitlister yep. so especially if you're a waitlister we sort of already said this but the the idea is that if you end up on the waitlist uh the more you interact with discord the easier you're going to have getting into a game we've been really good in the past about making sure that each of our waitlisters gets an opportunity to try and play however the reality of the situation where someone drops like people don't drop like a week or a month in advance we generally hear about it the night before the game meaning that if you're not somebody if you're on the wait list and you're not the type of person that could play do you want to play tomorrow dude (laughs) like if, if you if that's not in your wheelhouse i would say maybe uh, it's probably not going to work out in that way. Right. Um, but if you are, if you do end up on the wait list, like I know about some people that are very passionate about these tournaments that have missed out. Yeah. Uh, if, if there comes a point where we, we feel like we can add more wait listers to the list, yeah. we will do that. Definitely. Like that, that is totally an option. If we get, you know, 50 deep on our wait list, that is probably not going to happen. Yeah. So I just wanted to point put this out there for because I know they're even with you know our show's been kind of messy lately because we've had so many things going on um that I can I can totally see how someone could have sort of missed uh the kind of two month window you had to jump on yep. as far as the Patreon goes. If you have missed that, it is not the end of the world for you, right. I would say, especially if you're someone that that can really prioritize trying to get into this tournament. Right. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, definitely. I, I think there are opportunities for the waitlist to reopen as we go. Again, these prelims take a long time, and there's now double the amount of games that are required. Which 72 we, games, yeah. buddy. So there, there are going to be opportunities for you to need to hop in and fill in on a game for somebody else. So there will be a pecking order to that, but like generally speaking... Yeah, like Hunter described, when we need it the night before, I'm just going to go on a Discord and ping waitlisters and be like, hey, you up? <laughs> like, let's, yeah. uh, I, I need you tomorrow. I need you yesterday. Like, it's, it, right. it is, it is that sort of a situation. So you definitely will be rewarded for being an active participant in our community. So, yes, for sure. Let's go over some stuff we've kind of gone over before, but since this is like the tournament episode, uh, it just seemed fitting to kind of re-go over our rules of the tournament, our draft rules, yes. our time limit, all the stuff that like you need to know. If if you're coming to this episode to get all the info about the tournament, we wanted to make sure that that was available. So let's talk about the draft again. Uh, and we won't go yeah. crazy, crazy in depth, but I wanted to go over it for everyone, especially if you're trying to do practice games and things like that, and you're just wanting to know how it works. Uh, everyone uh, takes a seat at the table, and you roll for what is called draft order this is different than your later player order your 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 speaker order will be determined different later on but you have a draft order then uh everyone gets dealt four factions face down you get four secret factions then everyone at the same time simultaneously you go one two three reveal they place 
one faction into what is called the pool. The pool is what will eventually be the factions available for everyone to pick for themselves. But by nominate right. by put by placing a faction in the pool, you are not guaranteeing yourself that faction yet. Um, but your draft order will come into play. We'll get into that. Uh, after everyone has placed one into the pool, you keep the remaining three uh, factions in your hand, and you do another three, two, one, reveal, and everyone bans one faction from their hand. So you throw out something because... The remaining 12 factions, everyone has two more in their hand and there's six players. Those remaining 12 factions are set on the table and in draft order, each player either nominates one of those 12 factions, nominating being, hey, I would like to put this one up for proposal to be included into the pool. This means the first person in draft order can never just straight up add a faction to the pool best they can do is get one nomination going and then player two can either second a nominated faction or nominate a new faction so what happens is player one nominates a faction player two also nominates a faction player three uh seconds player two's nomination and you put that into the pool player four seconds player one's nomination you put that into the pool and then player five nominates and player six nominates they didn't they couldn't come to an agreement or whatever and so then you have eight factions in the pool basically any draft can have between six and nine factions in the pool whether or not everybody works together or doesn't in this uh voting section then after you have your total amount of factions whether it be six through nine and then you have the map in front of you which we haven't we've we haven't like finalized the map but the map is basically finalized if you go on the discord you can see the most recent draft and i don't think it's changing at this point um but in snake draft order which is what you do when you do the rules as written stuff right it's player one through six and then player six goes again and you go backwards through one snake draft order each person either picks one of the factions in the pool or picks one of the seats at the table, one of the pie slices, one of the home system starting positions. So you either pick your position or you pick your faction first. So this has benefits to the person who rolls first in draft order. They can look at their starting hand and they can go, oh, I got Titans and I really like Titans. I can put them into the pool straight from my hand and be guaranteed first selection in the draft of faction. But then I'll have last selection of my pie slice. So, but maybe you're like, I'm Titans. I don't I'll care. Be, I'll do good at any of these <laughs> yes. slices. Yeah. Also, it should be noted just a little bit of map analysis um, to help guide you for that kind of critical part, which is picking, you know, faction or position. I think that this map is very fair. Yeah. I think it is uh, an an even map where most of the slices are uh, that they range from from good to great. I wouldn't say any of the positions I feel like are straight up bad. There might be some cases where uh, the the worst seat at the table, in your opinion, doesn't go very good with the faction you might end up having to play. However, uh, I, I personally, right now when I play uh, my own mock uh, draft games, I tend to kind of think about what faction I want to play and not worry about the position as much. Uh, Unless, you know, maybe if I'm open to several factions, I'll be like, you know, because there's, there is, there's one slice where you get um, Primor, which is a pretty hot slice. And there's another slice that is also really hot for a different reason. It's hard for me to recall the map though, right off the top of my head. The basic idea of the map is it's 
it's not like it's all perfectly balanced. That's impossible, especially nowadays. Right. But there are ben- there are specific benefits and gains to each slice. And some of those gains obviously are going to be more maybe generally useful, whereas some are very specifically useful. So in some yes. cases, you can get the map slice and then accept that you're probably going to get whatever faction you actually want or whatever. There are there's a logic to it, but everyone works out their own logic. And that's to me, that's what makes a draft interesting is everyone comes to the table going, no, no, no guys, the draft is supposed to work like this. And as long as right. two people disagree, your draft is chaos now. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's more fun for us as viewers to see what crazy things, you know, we we get I, I feel like every time I've seen Kraken come into any of our drafts, drafts, Kraken is like, hey, guys, let's completely throw out all of the common knowledge. Let's put the good stuff in. And then he gets the table yeah. to put in like Kraken's tournament games are almost always like soul sar jolnar like he gets all the power hitters because he's like let's just have a meaty punchy game where all of us are good and he gets the table on board with that yeah yeah so there's a lot of different ways you can approach uh our drafts and we we like it that way um we are not uh maybe contrary to what other people say um (laughs) invested in a specific way of thinking with the game we we are we are open we we are trying to create a structure uh, in which the players, the entrants can uh, basically say, you know what, what uh, uh, we're going to defy whatever logic has been in place thus far and do this instead. Yeah. We love that. Yeah. So uh, let's also then, if we're getting in, talking more and more rules this year, uh, as now more than ever, since we've made this decision, <laughs> this this tournament has a time limit <laughs> on its games. Yes. Uh, yeah. And the qualifying games will follow the same time limit. We just won't have someone... Uh, looking over your shoulder in most situations, but like we need to trust the players to adhere to the time limit. And it's such a soft time limit that it's kind of going to be hard to like totally game it. I mean, there, there are ways to play into the time limit. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's not like we cut the clock at eight hours and everyone's just done and then someone can do something right. really insidious. That's not going right. to necessarily happen. But let's talk right. about what that time limit does look like. So once the draft is complete, the draft is not counted into your time limit, but on every TTS table, there's a little clock. Or if there's not already, our mod will or we'll, we'll make sure there's a clock in there or someone will spawn on the clock, whatever. There will be a method to make sure there is a little clock inside TTS. And as soon as the draft is complete and everyone has a spot at the table and you've rolled for speaker and given the speaker token to someone, boom, you hit start on the timer. And here we go. We're off. Um, the game timer starts. It is an eight hour timer however it does not mean like i just said the game does not end at eight hours at the eight hour mark the players will finish the full round that they are currently in and that includes the agenda phase so if you hit eight hours during the strategy phase of round six then you're going to play that whole round out and you're going to have like a 10 hour game it's fine (laughs) whatever Um, but the hope is we see more roughly eight and a half to nine hour games and that is at least a little bit more easy for us to manage uh, in our daily lives. Um, so then at the end of that agenda phase, at the end of the round that is hitting after the eight hour mark, uh, obviously if someone gets to 10 points, then someone got to 10 points. They won the game. Good job. Uh, but if nobody hit 10 points by the end of the round that ended <laughs> in eight after the eight hours, you go to the SCPT tiebreaker, which is the goofy... Uh, really weird method that what we're hoping is it doesn't encourage anyone to truly game it. It's so it's kind of random uh, and it encourages you instead to just play fast because you're not going to be able to plan 
for this tiebreaker. It's going to hurt right. you if you're like, I'm going to stall the game out and just make, you know, make what happens happen. It's like, well, then you're probably going to like, there's no guarantee that you'll win if you right. do that. So just play fast, please. Please just play fast. Please just respect our time and all your other players' times. Please just play fast. <laughs> that being said, if you didn't play fast and you have to do a tiebreaker, the the tied players go into this runoff. So it's not for everybody. The tied players uh, begin revealing unused stage one public objectives. So easy, easy-ish to score public objectives. And you reveal them one by one. And so as you reveal one, you go, boom. All right, spend eight resources. Can either of you tied players actually spend the eight resources? And you do have to do it. You know, you got to flip your planet, spend your trade goods, whatever. Um, and if, if uh, only one player can do it, boom, you win the game. You did it. Hooray. Uh, if both players are still tied after doing that, whether they couldn't fulfill it or they both could fulfill it, you flip over another stage one public objective. Um, and you just keep going until only uh, one player can score the objective. Now, that should be 15 or 14 stage one public objectives, depending on if an agenda reveals another stage one public objective. So ideally, we will have found a winner by the end of 15 stage ones. If we don't, uh, I believe we decided we go on to stage twos or secrets. I don't even remember. It's not going to happen. <laughs> if it happens, we'll make sure it's a thing. Whatever. If it happens, we'll cancel the tournament. Yeah, it's I'll the tell tournament you that much. Canceled. We'll just exactly. cancel the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so you just keep going until someone wins that way. So again, it's it's random. Uh, some of the objectives obviously are like spend stuff or just like tech if you had the tech set up, right? So there are ways to play into that, right? Like the idea is that it encourages the winner be the player who tied for the lead and was also the most generally accessible to all points. Yeah. What it doesn't reward is if you had to stretch yourself completely thin just to tie to get to nine points and you have no more ships on the board and you're SAR sitting in a lone asteroid field, you're probably not going to win because somebody else had a more solid defined uh, hold on their nine points than you did. So Right. And just to go ahead and get ahead of it, though, there are going to be tiebreaker games where someone wins and it feels like they didn't yep. do that. It feels like yeah. they lucked out. And the first thing that came out was like the only stage one that they scored. Yeah. Welcome to chaos. Yes. I mean, that that is that is I, I, I feel like um, this is just something generally that I'm seeing a lot with people kind of interacting with uh, our SCPT style tournaments is that if you've watched any of them uh, as far as a storyline from from beginning to end, it is a mixture of uh, players succeeding that seem like they're playing uh, very well and and confidently and and kind of doing everything right as far as what we think. And then players that win and it feels like, wow, the chaos, like chaos reigned and yeah. they made it through. And we love both of that. Well, so, I, I, would, like, I would define be prepared it even, for that to happen. Yeah, I would define it even further of if you can slightly remold the way the white hat, black hat, brown hat like theory works out. I think we see winners from all the white hats. I'm doing air quotes here. The white hats to me are the people who are like kind of in line with the common TTS meta and they play the sure. their way. Yeah. And when they win, it's the like, orthodox. well, it's because I was playing optimally. 
And then you have the Black yeah. Hats, who are the players who are not a part of our TTS meta. The first person that comes to mind is someone like Vaunt in the first year's finals, where I'm like, I have no idea where that guy came from. And he played so different from everybody else and crushed it every time, was doing so well. So that's like the Black Hats, the people who shirk the common meta. And then there are going to be Brown Hats that make it through where you see, who was it, Janor and... Uh, Schroeder or somebody, they knocked each other down, and not to say the person who made it out of that game is a bad player, they're they're clearly good, and we talked about how good they were often, but two players playing into their own meta knocked each other out, and we saw someone else fall from those, at, you know, come out of those ashes. Yep. It happens. That's yep. how this game... And, and to also lean into the idea that, like, really weird messed up forms of win making are going to happen absolutely they are they already happen we have weird win making controversies in every tournament that has ever happened ours or other people's they keep happening if anything we've seen worse win making controversies in other people's tournaments than our own that's probably not a right. fair did assessment, you see but... that one where hunter uh and imson <laughs> just like screwed up the game and imson just like gave it to him like that's what a jerk yeah uh, so, and, and I mean Hunter, not Imson. Imson's obviously a delight. I, I fully expect that there will be a round where everyone counts it out and goes, well, you two are going to get to nine, but me and so-and-so are at eight and we haven't done a support swap yet. Let's do a support <laughs> swap so that we get into the tiebreaker. We didn't deserve to be here. Blah, blah. That's going to happen. I don't care. That's Twilight Imperium. Get over it. There's just no other way. There's no other way for us to do all of this and survive. So we have to accept yeah. the dirty parts of the game. There's dirty laundry in this game. Someone's got to fold yeah. it. You can give a point away to another player. That is like a bedrock part <laughs> of the game. Right. So to me, from the onset, whenever Christian T. Peterson was divining with the board game gods, uh -huh. he also kind of, like he he consulted, you know like the, the the gods of politics and trade right. and whatever. But he also made a little Faustian deal with the devil. He was like, <laughs> I want the devil in this game a little bit. And we feel the devil in these games. Yeah. And I don't want to just, to just banish the devil. Yeah. I have sympathy for the devil. I would love to know if it was CTP or Corey Kaneska or Dane or someone else that proposed support for the tournament. I would love to know who is directly responsible for that. Yeah, uh, for for that because that is the the real devil yeah. in the game. Like that <laughs> that is that is a a nasty amount of power <laughs> to grant uh, these people who are supposed to come together and have a good time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like. All right. Well, so let's. So that's the time limit. I know it's crazy, uh, but you know what? Here we are. Uh, I also. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking like, how do they enforce the time limit on like a qualifying yeah. game? And. Um, uh you well. you do it <laughs> but, i mean really it's you're supposed to do it like i don't know what to tell you you do you want to play for 14 hours probably not so why don't you just play with our weird time limit i mean right. that's that's basically right the idea, well right? actually that that actually brings up uh an aspect of this that we uh have not yet covered because uh, people might be feeling like oh if i'm in a qualifying game it's just gonna be like the wild west uh not really yeah um we are going to we are we are assembling a team yep. a squad um, and actually, if you're listening and you think you might already be on that squad, you you are. Um, <laughs> we haven't, we we haven't, haven't reached you out yet, to but, you, but you're a part of it. <laughs> yeah. So so we're we're assembling a team of people that will serve as um, a, just a giant uh, moderating uh, team. The the qualifiers will not be moderated. The prelims won't be moderated yep. for for that matter. Where we are kind of done with that, it slows the game down too much. Yep. Um, the 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 
cons outweigh the pros. However, there are going to be times where you need a third party, and this is a tournament. So we want there to be um, that we want that to be available to you. Yeah. So there will be a a team of people that you're totally allowed to ping on Discord. Uh, we will be part of that as well. I mean, if I'm around and you have some sort of problem in your game, I'm totally ready to intervene in any way. And that extends beyond rule stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you've got someone that has uh, decided that they're going to sign our, our rules of conduct thing and then disobey it, well, then let us know yeah. and, and things will be done. Things will will happen, okay? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there will be a resource uh, for everyone, uh, whether it's a prelims game, which uh, as far as streaming goes, we're going to stream all the prelims games, like I promised. The qualifying ga games will not be uh, streamed, which I believe kind of actually goes against something I, I feel like I may have committed to. I may have at one point said, I'm streaming the whole tournament, and the qualifying games are part of the tournament, yeah. um, but I'm already going to die, right. okay? Well, and there's, I'm there, there there will already be, signed my death warrant. There will be qualifying games happening at the same time as preliminary games. Like, that's a guarantee. Yes. Like, we have to do most of our tournament games like saturdays and sundays right because we all most of us here have jobs and can't do fridays or like wednesday afternoon games or whatever um so I, I definitely think that there is um it's just too many games to take on now that being said too we haven't talked about it much but hunter and myself may not be the only people uh, that stream prelim official games uh, because yeah, we are not sure. in every single time zone uh, and can't be in every single time zone. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We're, we're not going to announce any names yet. We're kind of, but that there's another team that is like the stream team that I'm very excited to, to get into later down the road. Um, yeah. Also later down the road before the prelims start, hopefully soon, maybe, maybe like this coming week or next week, Hunter and I want to do um, instead of a map analysis episode, which we've done in the past, uh, it doesn't make any sense because a map is a visual thing. Didn't know if you knew that. You got to look at a map to be able to read it. Um, we're going to do a map analysis video on our YouTube here coming up soon. So we'll we'll just show off the final version of the map and we'll talk through it. We'll do maybe a couple mock drafts, play around on it and have a little video come out that shows everyone uh, what the map is, what it looks like and how to play on it. Yes. Um, also, I'm going to reopen uh hunter's dojo which is a channel on the discord where we where you can look for um practice games in the past um like last year i it was more of a i'm opening hunter's dojo so i can play with people that are trying to get in practice games uh, i'm telling you right now that's not part of it anymore but it will be a specific channel that is sort of like a looking for group channel um that is just people trying to find uh, practice games for the tournament. Um, also, this is just, I don't know if you want to include this, Matt, if you can cut this out if you want, um, but what we really need is that thing that allows you to make a voice channel on the Discord. I keep rem I keep thinking that we need to get that no, bot. That's been proposed by others, yeah. It's, it's, it's making its waves through all the different game planning stuff, and we should probably get one of our own. I just don't know how to do bot stuff. So if somebody knows how to set up that bot, Hit me up. Hit me up, dude. Yeah. I want to know how to do okay. that. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so Love it. that's it. Uh, we are about to go do some errata, but we need to take a quick little break before we do errata about our tech episode. And then we also, in our errata, have a business to attend to. We have a thing. We're going to let's, let's get drama. It's now Hunter and I now do a drama segment. That's a thing, right? It's going to just be a weekly drama. What did what trash do we want to talk? So look forward to that in the errata <laughs> here right after the break. 
Uh, welcome to Space Cats Peace Turtles Arata, a show within a show hosted by me, Humper Donaldson. <laughs> and this is uh, my best friend, Mart. Hi, I'm uh, Mart. Anyways, hello. And my son is also Bar- Mart. Um, <laughs> so the first piece of Arata, this is Arata from uh, last week we talked about um, the POK tech just whole thing. All the all the neutral uh, tech added with uh, the Prophecy of Kings Twilight Imperium expansion. And we and it was a good episode to get Arata on. Me and Matt made some uh, some claims. We gave you some takes. Yeah. I don't know how hot they were, but anything we say on this show, I feel like ends up being a hot take, even if we couch it in language that is very specifically <laughs> not trying to be that. Um, so the first uh, piece of Arata we have is from uh, Geki Geki Pop. I think an important point not mentioned about Red Tech is how much better Duranium is now that it works on mechs. Uh, this is also this also makes uh, the techs that, that get you there better, as well as Assault Cannon, if you're down that route anyway. I've been seeing people go full red and doing well with it about as much as full blue. Now, I think that we will see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I we've already gotten um you know we got some some major errata on our titans episode saying that we were underestimating uh duranium, duranium titans yeah so we are obviously maybe still stuck in a a blue world where red may have uh taken over um i am i am yet convinced but i'm seeing the argument out there enough that i i have to take it seriously i mean it is it it's fundamentally true right duranium works on mechs like it it has more functionality now than it's ever than it's ever had i just don't know uh i i don't have enough games to know at this point that full red rivals uh full blue i would love it like I, i feel like sometimes people get us wrong when it comes to like how we actually feel yeah. about this game um every week i me and matt are trying to tell you what we honestly think kind of gun to, gun to the head what what's our what's our real uh thoughts yeah. if we were forced to say something definitive what will we say right. however at the same time i'm i love the idea of i would love the idea of full whatever color you want to go down being the the you know quote unquote best right. option um and red is is rad the idea that that going full red would suddenly be you know like uh like like i'm gonna say viable what i mean is like uh something that is that you can repeat game after game and it'd be good every single time right. in all these different situations that rules um do i feel like it rivals the usefulness of stuff like fleet logistics and lightwave i'm not there yet right but the, obviously people there are people are out there. there that that are already well there. and and i think we routinely talk in a very specific kind of vacuum especially last week where it was like we're talking super generally like i can't sit here and go through all 24 cases of every faction and even within each right. faction it's like sometimes you go this way and sometimes you go that way is the fact there's a million scenarios where geranium makes sense i think hunter and i almost always lean towards things didn't go perfectly for me so i need something that gives me more options 
And I think that's why we generally yeah. fall into like a blue is better category because what red does and the reason we call it win more doesn't mean that red doesn't win. That's obviously not. It's in the name. It's if you're doing well, things like Duranium are going to help you push your advantage even further. But what we right. what Hunter and I lean towards is things that help you make up a problem and Duranium can but i would say duranium is better if you are like in an extra situation not that extra is going to specifically get duranium but if you're in the sort of situation where it's like i'm sitting in my slice and i have everything i need in my slice to win the game and so i just need to hold it and duranium is an amazing defensive tech obviously duranium can also be a good aggressive tech if used properly but that is also more difficult to do than the usefulness of things like fleet logistics and gravity drive in terms of like opening up options Right. You know what? I honestly love that you pulled out extra, though, because that's that's the type of faction that would convince me that this stuff is it tr- is truly really great. Right. Because when somebody when somebody says like, oh, like, uh, you know, Duranium Titans, like like th- that's a great thing. It's like, well, well, Titans are already great. So I feel like we can go a couple different directions and 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 it's fine. But if there was a faction, let's and and there might be. I I I'm not saying there isn't. I, I'm saying that there's 24 of them and they've all been shaken up. So I mean, it's 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 out there. I believe if there was a faction where it was like, you know, they're not they they struggle in a lot of ways. But if they get duranium, that really helps them kind yeah. of swing up into like it, it can kind of become like a cornerstone, a foundational type thing. Yeah. Uh, I, then that would that would be the thing that would really turn my head yeah. and, and and change my mind on a lot of these things. And I, I yeah, I, I believe it could happen. I think I think what we're looking for is something more um, like that, a situation where it it really changes yeah. thing. Yeah, thanks. And obviously, extra extra would be weird. Um, but I don't know. Maybe there's a place for a kind of blue red extra where it's like we're going for you know, dread twos right. and duranium can like kind of make up right. some, some, it can replace a fighter screen. Something some like sort that. of red, yellow defensive extra. I don't know. I, I definitely agree that there's a world there. And, and what would truly convince me on duranium is if you could go duranium is what pushed me out of my pit is <laughs> what helped me step into a new territory. Not specifically like when, when a win more tech does in fact win more, it, it's hard for me to be sold on that point. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course it worked, but was it, was it better than an alternative or whatever? So I don't know. Yeah. Um, next up, we have one from Faceless Bureaucrat. Uh, they say about getting AI dev for PDS2, Dreadnought 2, or War Suns. So using AI dev to do the necessary skips to get some of these other unit upgrades. I'd like to add that for non-red tech factions threatened by fighter swarms, you can go AI dev and then directly get Destroyer 2 afterwards. So if you're having like a big fighter problem, Um, you're two tech away now i would call two tech kind of slightly like uh, annoyingly deep but if you can look at it in round two or three and go this is going to be a problem for me you can Mm -hmm. invest in that and destroyer twos are gonna do very very good at that so i yeah i like this point of just like and, and we got a few different points in this vein of like people being more reactive with tech versus planning way ahead and i think that's a fair stance that a lot of people are taking because in ti base game we kind of said like you got to have your map your 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 map planned out because you got to hit all the bases of tech, but you don't have to do that anymore. So I think right. people are more open to the idea of like I'm gonna grab this tech this round because it's gonna help me this round. So 
I'll get it. Maybe it doesn't feed into my whole game plan, but it does something for me right now. Um, we don't have anything specifically in here about um, predictive intelligence, which we kind of dogged on. Um, and that's the one where you like scramble up your fleet supply and all this stuff. People made a lot of cases for why predictive intelligence might be something you get just in round five to lock up the win. And it's like, oh, I totally, I totally get that. If you're in the path, if you were able to already get there and you can see how that tech would help you win the game, it's going to be pretty good at that. It's going to let you do lots of things you couldn't have done. It's just not a thing that I'm intending to get because I'm not planning around it. I'm not expecting myself to be in that situation around five. If I get into that situation around five, absolutely, I would love to be able to get predictive intelligence. So yeah, that's kind of how all Honestly, of these arguments fall. That argument that you just made, though, is kind of why I'm so hot on. I mean, I, I, I like AI dev, don't get me wrong. And and I do. Um, we got some errata that didn't quite make it. That was kind of like that feeling like we were sleeping on the uh, being able to exhaust AI dev to yeah. uh, save some money. Uh, I think that can be very effective if you find yourself in a low uh, resource situation. Um, it helps that maybe we haven't talked about the poorer the, the poorer factions yet. Yeah um that as far as like our blind spot there um however everything you just said about like you know if you need predictive intelligence uh get it uh that's why i think i like psychoarchaeology so much is because you know i would auto research that in most situations before i even know what i'm gonna need it for uh -huh. you know what i mean like the likelihood that i need psychoarchaeology right. to help me get whatever tech it is that i want is pretty high. I think the only situation where I'm not looking at my slice and considering psychoarchaeology is a a no skip yeah. situation, which is almost. I mean, you basically have to like right. rig your slice to not be that. And even in a, a situation where it is like that, you then find a skip, and you're like, oh well, bleh, now now I have a skip yeah. that I can use psychoarchaeology on. On that psychoarchaeology point, we have uh we have a errata from Corwin here. Um, it may have been said already, but I don't think it was discussed in the episode that you can snatch a planet from another player and then use the tech skip that round right. with psychoarchaeology. Right. Used to be, if you wanted a tech skip, you'd need to negotiate taking it this round, holding it until next round, until you can use it, etc. Or you'd have to be sneaky and plan your round to take it after the other player had passed so they couldn't respond. Now, you just snatch the planet, you use the tech skip on your next turn, perhaps, and just when tech gets popped... Uh, which you could negotiate with that player and not be worried about them taking it back before you can use it next round. In base game, I found that when I needed to steal or borrow a tech step, it was a huge burden that slowed down my game significantly. And I love this point. This, this further to your point, Hunter, psychoarchaeology opens up points of negotiation that you may not have had yeah. access to before. Now you can go, hey, you and me have kind of an alliance thing going on right here. And, and I would be much better served if I could just use that blue skip real quick. And I don't have to hold it for two whole rounds. I need to nab it real fast and then pop tech. I'll use it. I'll, and then you can invade. I'll, I'll go there with a single carrier and a ground force. And you can just attack me and take it over or whatever. Like you can get it back this round and you won't have ever been out the money or whatever. Um, that is a totally viable thing that can happen and having psychoarchaeology already gave you access to that strategy and and i love that yeah yeah i i i totally think there is um maybe a way of talking about tech that we haven't really uh nailed at this point which is this idea of like what texts uh what texts are based on 
uh, utility. Yeah. Like they're like uh, kind of tools in a toolkit that you go to grab if you're like, oh, I got this problem. I better grab this this tech. And then what are the ones that you can just blindly research yeah. and then be like, that'll probably be good. Because so, I think a lot of the times what's happening when we talk about tech is that we kind of tend towards the ones that we feel like we can recommend in a vacuum because we are in a vacuum. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we like, can't. We The most common bit of errata we get is someone telling me about some specific corner case where the thing is good. Or maybe it's not even like that specific. You know what I mean? But it's just like. Right. It's not it's, even a corner case. It's, it's like more this, specific, this comes up a lot. Right. Yeah. But it's more specific than the scope of our show generally covers, um, which in some ways, that's a thing that we are always just trying to improve. Let's, you know, we, we try to get better about how we talk about tech skips in episodes because patients after every faction guide will be like, you guys are still not doing uh, enough talk about how tech skips impact a faction decision or whatever. And and we heard that and we went, okay, let's increase that a little bit more. Let's, let's find a sweet spot where we feel comfortable with how much we're talking about it without going all the way down and having a 45 minute long conversation just about the tech skips for Nasroka or whatever. You know, like we can get lost in the weeds, but we also just don't have time for that on the show. So we have to pick and choose what corner cases we talk about or what specificity we we offer. So all of that feeds into, uh, I think, a thing that Hunter and I want to talk about uh, today. There was a yeah. There was a Reddit thread uh, that was. <laughs> this is weird. This is weird. I just heard everyone groan. I, know. <laughs> I I enjoy this conversation though. There was a Reddit thread. Yeah, I, this is a good conversation. That the subtitle was "Don't listen to guides before playing a faction." And the original poster made an excellent point about, hey, don't just like blindly follow a guide. P part of the enjoyment of this game is learning how to play it, is figuring it's out discovery. things for yourself. Yes. It's discovery. Yes. 100% agree. Uh, there, are, there are entire <laughs> sections of game theory where I'm like, it would be ridiculous of you to look up a guide beforehand. You know, if I play, if I'm playing the video game The Witness, I don't want to know how to solve the puzzles because the point of playing the witness is to learn it's how to solve the puzzle. puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I want to do right. that. So right. completely agree with this point. And throughout that thread, there are people expounding on that idea. And all of those things are, I think, things that Hunter and I pretty generally agree with on all counts. <laughs> uh, and I think what has happened, what we started to see in that thread, if we saw any animosity or we saw any like things that felt negative or felt like we were specifically being called out. I mean, we were specifically being called out by name, not saying like everyone was like, yeah, SCPT does this and it's trash. But like we're the TI podcast. This is happening in a TI thread. Like they're talking about us a little bit. Um, but <laughs> I had plenty of conversations with people who were like, well, we're not, I'm not specifically talking about you. I'm talking about this idea at large. Right. And I'm totally right. on board with that. So I think we want to kind of spell out where we think this show should sit within your learning experience and your playing experience and how you should interact with our show and how you should use our show to interact with others. Right. So there is a there's a theme in this Reddit thread that um actually it it's kind of complicated to talk about because it's I don't want to give too much credence to this idea if people are kind of I I don't want to say that people are making it up but yeah. but there there is a lot of people saying that that there are people that take our our word as gospel and kind of use our guides as a way to kind of say like well well you shouldn't play it that way because SCPT said to play it this way yeah. 
Um, that is a if 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 there if those people exist, which I'm not saying they do, because there are several times in the thread where somebody is like, "Can you give me an example of this? Like, what what exactly are are you are you talking about?" However, I I have to believe that these people are basing this off of something. Yeah. So if you are going into TI spaces and using our podcast as a way to basically say there is some sort of dogma way to play TI, um, then I think maybe you are missing the point yeah. of the show a little bit. Yeah. This this show is um, me and Matt taking our experiences with this game, and we are trying to capture them in a bottle for for the listener. Yeah. So it, it it is a flawed perspective because it is a perspective shared by by two people. Yes. But we give you our our real uh, actual thoughts, full of uh, mistakes and misunderstandings, and uh, it, it, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we're we're trying to strike a balance between telling you what we really think, like like your friend would, like if like if we were your bud, if we were just shooting straight with you as far as how do we feel uh, about this game and about uh, the stuff in it. Yeah. Um, and also not trying to say that our way is the only way. It is not. We, yeah. we are trying to give you a full-on perspective. And, and a lot of people that, that listen to the show and, and engage with it, it's about contradicting our... I mean, we have a whole section of, of every episode where we are responding to people that are basically saying, you guys got it wrong. And that's that's we like that yeah, it's <laughs> healthy the for reason that. that's in the show that's been in the show from the beginning like like the whole the whole point of this a little bit is for us to to put something out there to say hey it's like this and then the community can kind of say it's not like that it's like this mm -hmm. and then we bring that perspective into the show so that the listener can kind of see more than one side of it obviously they get more of our side yeah. than anybody else's because it's it's our show but I don't think that anyone should, and I don't want people to to listen to the guides and think I need to follow their advice to the T to the letter because we are doing this um, sort of. I don't know if you've ever taken like a like a like it's like physics, like it's like a physics class. You you do all of the um, the equations in a world without wind resistance yeah. like like we're we're talking about ti in a way where we're 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 trying to make it um we're, we're trying to get the variables out of it as much as possible so that we can just tell you exactly what we think in a vacuum but we are going to give you advice in these guides that if i was in your game i would be like no, no, no! Don't. Yeah. Do, uh, I, I don't think you should do this. I think you should. I think you should go against the grain and and do X thing. And and what's funny too is, if you engaged with our, our, you know, I'm not saying that everybody needs to engage with every little piece of our content in order to understand us. Mm -hmm. But like, let's say you were to listen to uh, uh, one of our faction strategy guides and then watch one of us play that faction. <laughs> We don't follow our own advice. Like we're not, we're, we're not like thinking about what we said and then and then playing it exactly. It, that that I would say is impossible. The the whole the whole point of this show is to to give you our 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 thoughts yeah. so that you can respond to them yourself uh, and and 
or or i mean help you essentially um like i would say one thing that the guides do that that i am proud of is the that the first the first half of basically every guide is literally just us listing the components we're just trying yeah. to uh get you know make it easier for you to internalize the aspects of this game because you might only get to play it like once a year like i don't know what your yes. use case is for the game there are people that play you know every week every you know every couple days they're playing and i would imagine that like if you play more than me and matt do which there are people that do that isn't that wild like we do this this is like i mean this is my job and this is your part-time job yeah. And there are people that play more than us. Yeah. Uh, we, you should probably listen to those people over <laughs> us, to be honest. Like, well, if they have the, more experience with the, the game. Funny thing about it is, we listen to how many times has Imsen been included in the pre errata or like Patience <laughs> as a Virtue? Or, like, there are people that clearly are like the underwriters of this show. Like, there, right. there, there are all sorts of things. And, and none of that is to, to um, write off the like legitimate complaints of I am sure that there are sections and guides where we either jokingly or maybe not maybe being totally serious been like this is wrong and bad and you shouldn't do it right right that's that's dimin diminutive that's not great but I think we have a conversational tone and uh you know I will obviously apologize for like making it seem like we're just totally dogging on some other strategy but also like I can't help but kind of say you didn't you don't have to listen to us it's not a requirement and and i think most people even in this thread recognize that it's not it's not an issue of like who doesn't doesn't listen to us or whatever but if you're it's it really does then come down to when you go out into other circles and you hear other people disagreeing or or having different takes on on specific strategies like make sure you are uh defending it with the the logic behind the strategy not just because scpt says so and i this is where i'm kind of like i don't i don't know necessarily that that person exists where it's just like well no scpt said so so that's how it is i, I don't know what to tell you I, I think we spend an hour and a half laying down an argument through experience and input from other people and if someone is swayed by that argument they will also use that argument elsewhere. And then if they go, well, I'm not going to spell out the whole thing, but if you listen to this SCPT episode, they spell out the whole argument. That is what I think exists out there. Someone going, well, mm -hmm. I can't explain it all. I, I don't have the time to sit down and talk to you for an hour and a half. But you could listen to this episode of this show where they do talk about their justifications for why they think this might be better than this. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like that's where that energy is coming from. And there's no way to combat that. It's just it's and some people just don't like to be told what to do. And I get it. Like it's it's they don't it's not for them to like have someone say like, well, this is probably better. It's like, well, I'll figure it out. Screw you. And I, I get that. And uh, to go back to the whole thing we started, uh, we started talking about that is part of the game for many people. And you shouldn't lambast people that are there going, well, I just want to figure it out on my I'll, I'll if it's bad, then it's bad. And I'll find out that it's bad. And I don't care. Um, and you shouldn't especially if you're in a game, you shouldn't get on to someone else for doing a strategy that you think is less good than what you would have done. That is that is right. certainly annoying, and I hate seeing that in games I'm commentating or playing, where someone's right. like, right. no, I need you to do this. You need to go blue-yellow, because, well, what you're really doing is you want them to do something so that it benefits your game so that you still win. So maybe right. they're playing their own game, and you, just, you have to live with that, and that's part of the whole vibe. Of, it's so funny how this episode, like, everything is going to feed into the same vibe which is to say like we are encouraging that chaos and we we appreciate 
the idea of if you want to win a tournament, we're not saying you have to be the most optimal player. You have to be able to win games against the most optimal players, and you also have to win games against people like D20 Chemist, who literally just rolls a die for every decision he wants to make in the draft. You have to play against all of those variables and come out on top. That, right. for us, is what it means to truly be the champion of a tournament or whatever. Right. It's not so much about succeeding just in a specific meta. What we love about the tournaments is that you you're you're playing with people in a competitive space and it's not you're you're like from different it's like yeah. people from different tribes right. meeting. Um it, it's it's really fun. Uh and I would say that, you know, maybe this doesn't come through the show, but some of our favorite players, yeah. uh, some of the people whose whose play styles we admire the most would never in a million years follow like do, do what we the, said. the qu quote unquote <laughs> scpt style yeah. like I'm, i've never seen uh the deft piper play and and be like oh that's how i would yeah do it you know what i mean like <laughs> right they could care less what we say <laughs> right right and 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 we 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 don't like we like that yeah. like we 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 enjoy the exchange of ideas um so it's it it is like essentially about us like trying to trying to give you uh our thoughts but but them not if they become gospel that does defeat the point yeah. that 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 you are missing a core component of the show if the way you treat this is like me and matt are uh professors and we're giving uh, a lecture and you are a student that 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 no, does that's, that's very it. real damage to my mental health <laughs> as we yes. have talked about yeah. in the past the idea that i am supposed to be some kind of expert at this game destroys me physically and yeah. mentally and it is taken exerted effort <laughs> for me to try to pull myself away from thinking of myself as if that's an expectation on me and i have to remove it i have to think i am just a purveyor of ideas because if i'm anything more than that I'll die because I'm not yeah. good enough at doing that. I will, I'll go crazy with doubting myself in every decision point and everyone who plays with me will hate the experience because I'll take 45 minute long turns to make sure I'm making the right choice that won't be judged by Twitch chat. Yeah. Really all I think we're trying to do is the kind of like, you know, those books that are like, um, like, so like uh like electro electronics for dummies yes. <laughs> like we, that's what we are yeah. we're the like the crappy nobody even knows who wrote this just like explanation right. of a thing um and, and some opinions yeah. based off like you know what we try and be really open to about like when when we when we have a take that is very opinionated uh saying things like you know it the, the X didn't work in in the games that I played because we only play so many yeah. uh, research games for a guide. Uh, so it, it's really only based off the experience from from those times. Uh, and I would much rather just I would much rather give you my my real life takes that I can uh, that I can back up with real experience then kind of try and do everything uh, like like a like a manual yeah. like a user's manual. Also, there are a lot of great people that make content yep. that kind of fills that uh fills that role yep. like it like it's weird we actually get called out a little bit for being um the there the, someone in this thread calls us out for kind of being like the only uh ti yeah content creators that is not true no, bud absolutely like, not th there there's a lot of really good stuff on 
uh, YouTube. There are, I mean, maybe there's not another podcast that talks about TI to the extent that we sure. do. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's sure. That's fair. But there, like, if, if you, if you want a different flavor of guide, it exists. Yeah. Um, and there are people making more stuff all the time. Yes. Um, uh, there is, okay, before, before we get off of this, there is one part of this, uh, this Reddit thread that I do feel like I have to address specifically me, because I think this is something that comes from, uh, me. And I think I'm fairly called out for it in the, um, episode or in the, uh, in the thread. Um, I think I have been kind of, uh, a little bit rude or sardonic about, um, my love of the six player player count versus basically all the others. Yeah. Um, that is an, that is my opinion. That is, that is me as an individual's opinion and not necessarily the opinion of the show, except for the fact that whenever we're trying to write all of this stuff about um, TI, yeah. we want to make sure we are being honest and open about what flavor of this game we are playing. Yeah. So we have sort of selected for um, convenience and also because we just personally... Um, or at least I personally pretty much only like it this way. Yeah. Um, other people feel other ways about it, and that's totally fine. But we have kind of selected six player as our default yeah. for us. Right. It, it is not meant to be like that's like that all other player counts are not good or pointless yeah. or like like we're not we're not trying to make people feel bad if they can't get like if you can't get like if you don't have six people that you like to play this game with, you only like to play it in real life. It's like I get it. Yeah. We I, no problem there. Right. Um, but I, 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 so it is weird. It, it's, it's like, I, I, I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to be rude about it. It's, it's just that, that we have kind of selected a, a player count as yeah. our default for SC, SCPT and, and content a, and yeah. everything. As a podcast that wants to definitely dig into the strategy, it, many of the factions, it's actually a completely different strategy that you would employ in four player. And so we just, yes. we don't have the bandwidth to talk about both. And that, and that does suck. And I, I hope someone out there can start a four player TI podcast or YouTube series <laughs> or whatever. Like I hope right, that more right. people do that and talk about it specifically from the four player perspective, because I know for a fact that four player is the second most popular version, maybe the most popular. If you look at like the entire world and people that just happen to play TI and aren't engaging mm -hmm. with like us online or whatever, four player might be the most popular because like I was saying, it's easier to get four people to the table and the games go way faster. Um right, but I've also true. I've also seen people we we were on Quackalope's show and they actively talked about the fact that their four player game turned them off from the game. They they it was too cold war and that made them not enjoy it because there was no conflict. And right. so there are both sides to that equation and we are not totally meaning to completely uh, sell four players short, but we we don't have the uh, perspective that we need to be able to talk about four player games. We would be lying every time we did an episode where we talked about four player games because we haven't played those games and don't have that experience right. to back up any claims. Right. The only way we have covered um, other player counts is by literally like playing like a test game yep. and then going from there. I mean, like we it's not like we've never played at lower player counts. It's just, you know, I I I, I don't prefer it. I don't like it um, as someone. Oh, I will say this. This, this is one thing that that uh, that that hurt my heart. Um, 
someone said in this thread that I referred to three to four player games as TI Junior. That definitely that that was a joke, but it does seem like it that may have been a a, a mean a mean spirited joke for for some, and I do want to apologize for that. I I don't want to look down on people yeah. that are playing at different player counts. That is that is not me. That is that is not something uh, that that I want to do. I was uh I was being uh I was being cheeky, but sometimes when you're cheeky, you kind of you can you can I don't know. I I'm not trying to get under people's skin or be. I definitely don't want to be elitist. Yes. That it that e word right there we uh despise yeah. and we do not like and i think really the only reason we're talking about this reddit thread is not even because of the original post the original post is fine it doesn't it's yeah. it wh what we're smelling in the the thread associated with the original post is that that e word we don't like it we we don't want it yeah. uh and and we don't want to be a, a part of that and if you're a so. part of our community we encourage you to maybe also watch how you talk to others about your strategy. This yes. isn't in order, but it's just to say, keep in mind how some people listen to that information and how it looks on all of us, and it doesn't look great. So, so yeah, I I I think we can wrap that up there. That was a long, long little diversion. That was but a ranty, it was a, ranty it, little man, bit. Man, Hunter and I have been thinking about it all week. <laughs> so good, good <laughs> to just just good good to get it out there. I want to thank all of our weird bears for contributing to the show. Farganess, TG Welch, Brian, Botbot, Kaluin, Squeamish, Emu, Son of Leto, Mate Nason, John, Rwise, Absol, and Pon Chidori. And I want to thank our little peace turtles, Naderade, Patience is a Virtue, Polyphonia Requiem, Gaskio, Uncle Batty, Dark Jutsu, Istoria, Brave Sarabin, Frank G, Carnal, my son is also named Bort, CAC Jr., and Valir, and Sam Lee. All right, so for um, Galactic Council poll, um, we have, uh, it's still going. I think you have another week uh, to vote. Uh, your options are we review the Fractured Void, the TI book. Um, we talk about the Root Tournament and give our analysis on that. Um, and we talk Root Lore. Root Lore, anybody? It's not doing too well, but, <laughs> uh, but I think it's a fun idea. Um, and the last one is re-review re uh, the Game of Thrones board game. Um, of course, the only reason there's only one uh, TI option is because uh, we are on the verge of a TI all the time, nonstop, 24-7 yep. uh, Turbo HD remix. <laughs> uh, so that is something that's happening. Um, Homebrewers Guild. I want more public objectives. There, There's a lot of good stuff in there already. I'm excited uh, about the game. It's going to be fun. It's going to be weird. Um, Twitch. We have uh, the rest of the Root semifinals will be this weekend on uh, Friday and Saturday. I believe Friday at... Uh, this weekend is just Saturday, actually. This Saturday oh, is... Oh, this, this Saturday is 11 a.m. CST, uh, 1700 UTC, and it is 3 p.m. CST, which is 9 p.m. UTC. What is that? 20 to 19, 2100 UTC? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then for the YouTube, of course, uh, more uh, Root semifinal games. Uh, the Homebrewers Guild uh, uh, audience agendas game will be coming to YouTube. Uh, that is already fully edited. All it needs is some thumbnails, and then that is ready to go. Um, and yeah, that's your that's your YouTube and Twitch update. You can find uh, us on our website, spacecatspeacetertles.com. You can get information about our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord. And also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating because it makes us look good. Don't you want us to look yeah. good after all of this, you like, this one episode that only exists in this moment in time? Don't you want to be a part of that? Don't you want to be a part of something? 
um so how about this so so i'm gonna close out with this just just to give you a sample of like i i i feel like in reading that reddit thread i just had this like weird feeling of like oh do i do we like not are are we the baddies i think was almost like the the moment i had so um i'm gonna just tell you so so farganus uh one of one of uh our our favorite people in the community um i i would say totally totally understands the show uh farganus while listening to last week's episode just messaged me on discord to say i'm listening to you right now being totally wrong about tech that right there that is that is space cats that is that is what scpt is about is is about you listening to the show messaging me on discord to tell me as you're listening that you're wrong okay Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>